Hey everybody, this is Winston. I hope you're doing well. I'm about to have a great conversation with brother Rodney Damon Collins. He is an amazing creator from out in LA. He is so phenomenal. I just got off of his IG live. So if you want to go to Rodney Damon Collins um, on IG, you can hear that. And then obviously his podcast is RDC uh, Speak Life Sessions. So he will be on that as well. Um, so look for that. I tell you, it's been a great time. So here we go. We got Rodney. He has joined us. Waiting for Rodney to join. What's up? There he is. There is my brother Rodney Damon Collins. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I'm glad we're keeping this party going. <laughs> that, that's right. It is so cool to have you. Um, the, the time you and I just spent is amazing. So I am so, oh, thanks. It looks like Fabian joined us over here. So great thanks to you, brother. <laughs> so I That's right. That. That's right. So, hey, I tell you, you asked me a question. I'm just going to jump right in and then I'm going to allow you to really talk about who you are a little bit. But you asked me a question to kick us off a few minutes ago, and that was about the Atlanta scene. So tell us about LA right now with all the things that's going on, all the social things, all of the coronavirus things that are happening. Tell us about that. It's, it's real out here right now in LA because um, we're seeing a huge spike uh, in coronavirus cases. Uh, I think a lot of it stems from the protests that were taking place out here several weeks ago when you had thousands of people congregating. Um, it was bound to happen. So I think we're seeing a result of that. I also think we're seeing a result of people being completely irresponsible too. Yeah. We have people who are just treating coronavirus as if it's a hoax. They don't believe it really exists. Um, I know a number of people who have dealt with it. Um, I know a 23-year-old woman who has passed away from COVID. So oh my God. 23. So. <laughs> Uh, so when people talk about that and call it a hoax, I'm like, this is not a hoax. I don't care what you think. And I'm glad, I wish they showed more of uh, the stats showing the, the people who are surviving COVID. So that would help people be more encouraged because it is frightening. If you see every single day, you got so many cases. Like yesterday, California had, the whole state had 11,000 cases in the state. Just broke, you know, I guess we just broke a record. It's not a record to be proud of, but we just broke that. But it's scary because that's all you hear is about cases, cases, and you talk about people dying. You never hear about who is surviving. Yeah. So I think we need, we need to get the full story just so we can be encouraged to know that, okay, if I do get this, this is not a complete death sentence. And yeah. that's what it makes, you, makes it feel like. And we know the stats are, majority of people are surviving this, but I don't care what anybody says. I don't want it. I don't want you to get it. I don't want anybody I know. I don't want anybody to get this. So I take it very serious. And we're looking at being on, put on lockdown again. We're looking at yeah. that. Um, but the lockdown wasn't bad because it was good for me. I, I spent a lot of time writing. I filmed a couple projects during that time. And honestly, in the past 25 years, I've had this much time to slow down. <laughs> and forever. So I was like, in a way, I don't mind it. Because yeah. I've, I've actually felt my stress levels go down. Oh my God. Rush, really? Rush, yeah. Wow, your stress awesome. levels. You know, you're, that's, that's so interesting. Uh, I had a situation that I thought was an interesting silver lining 
we've been trying to coordinate a family reunion from Jamaica for 15 years. Oh, I just had a limit. You're there? So I was talking about a family yep. reunion that we were trying to coordinate. And so we had that family reunion on Zoom with people from England, Jamaica, Toronto, all over the United States. And we were finally able to coordinate it. So we would probably never done it if this thing didn't happen. We still would have been trying to find a spot. Um, not to say that it's not horrible. I tell you, every day I feel, I feel bad. And I hate feeling bad. And, I, and it's not because I feel bad just because of the coronavirus itself. I just feel yeah. bad because of our response to it. I just, I just feel that that just doesn't need to happen. So tell us about yourself, man. You are such an accomplished actor. You're SAG, Afro. I've seen some of your stuff. You are like an action hero. You got lots of <laughs> You got lots of stuff. I was like, oh my God, this brother is for real. You know, I was like, tell us a little bit about your acting life and, and how that goes for you. Oh man, well, um, I love it. I've always loved the arts uh, ever since I was young. Um, when I wrote my first sketch comedy when I was a senior in high school. Really? Yeah, when I was a senior in high school, I wrote my first uh, sketch comedy and it was basically like a parody of during that time, the Arsenio Hall show. You know, anybody <laughs> knows that. That show used to be, you know, popping back in the day. That was the show. So I wrote a sketch comedy based off of that. Um, I, uh, when I got to college, I pursued the arts kind of low scale because I was first generation college. And my family, I wasn't coming home to my mom and dad and say, yo, I'm a theater major now. So they can be like losing their mind. <laughs> they were like, no, you go to school to get a job. That's the other thing. I was like, and, and you're from Ohio, right? Cleveland? Yes. From yes. Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, a smaller town, Toledo, Ohio. Then when I graduated from college, I ended up moving to Cleveland. I lived in Cleveland for 20 years. Oh, cool. So, uh, but during that time, I stayed involved with the arts. I kept dabbling with it, did some modeling, some big campaigns. And then when I got to Cleveland, I got involved with the indie scene in Cleveland. And I wound up uh, getting a, a role in a play called um, Good Grief. He's going to kill me, man. Philly Wheaton is the director of the play. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my soulmate, soulmate, soulmate. Good grief. <laughs> but, um, and it was done at the incredible Playhouse Theater in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which I think is the third or fourth largest uh, theater district in the country. So it was incredible. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's amazing. An incredible amount of theater takes place in Cleveland. Um, wow. You have Caramu House, um, Playhouse Square, that whole area is just loaded with talent. And I remember when I was going to do the play, this is a lesson, a nugget for everybody. I didn't have a role initially in this play. I got a role, well, I got a, a role as I understood because I came in so late to the casting that it was just an opportunity for me to be a part of the project. Nearly to the end of the play, the person who was supposed to play the doctor, which I like playing the doctor. I'm a pretty good doctor. So um, he had to drop out of the play for other commitments. So the director was like, hey, man, you know the lines, you know the role. Um, I'm offering it to you. I was like, really? So I was like, of course I'm going to take it. This is an opportunity for me. I don't turn down any opportunity. But I started out with the intention just to help, just to help the project. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't ask for any money. I wanted to help that director bring their vision to pass. That was my heart as an actor was to support 
that project. And I remember once I got the role in the night of the, the show, going to seeing my name on the dressing room, dressing room door, I was like, I got chills again right now just thinking about that because I was like, this is my dream coming to fruition right now. This is the level I saw myself being on. And so it was just very exciting to be there at that point. And then shortly after that, received the opportunity to move to this wonderful metropolis, Los Angeles here, which wow. uh, I envisioned myself living in LA ever since I was a kid. And <clears throat> to get the opportunity to move here was to me an incredible blessing. I think so you, you just packed up and moved based on this opportunity, just the whole family? Well, it was, yeah, it was a job. It was a job opportunity. So yeah, so I definitely moved with, to put like this, move to LA, you better make sure you got some some plans, some money in the bank or something, because LA will crack your skull real quick. Wow. <laughs> so, but but what's crazy is that the job that brought me out here, less than six months, they laid me off. <gasps> that dreaded layoff. And I was yeah. like, I have never okay. been laid off in my life. I'm familiar with that. Where well, you're yeah, doing well and then all of a sudden you just get a thing and you know. But hey, um, and they basically were like, we brought you out here for this role. Um, budgeting has gone differently. Is it possible we can look at you for a different job? It was much less pay. And I'm like, you know what? My son and daughter are older now. Wife is cool. I was like, you know what? After talking with her, I was like, nah, man, I don't want to take a lower paying job. I paid my dues. I worked in corporate America 20 years. I was like, no, I'm gone. I'm out. Because it was either take the layoff or take the much lower paying job and deal with the same expectations. I was like, no more. <clears throat> so I decided to bet on me. <clears throat> mm. I decided to bet on me. I put everything in, all, everything. I went all in on me knowing that I have the ability to work hard, to build relationships, to trust God, to get up every day and grind. So That's I awesome. did it. And getting in the LA market was, was hard at first because you do have to know some people out here. I'm pretty sure Atlanta is similar too. Uh, There's no doubt about that, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have connections. So I had to humble myself and I started doing background for a year. Now I tell anybody, if you desire to be a principal actor, don't do background for no more than a year. After that, you got to find another way to support yourself. I did background with the intention of meeting people in the industry. So and why a year? Why, why a year is it? Is like you feel you'll be kind of a typecast or maybe you'll put in that. Well, somewhere? you can get stuck. You can get <laughs> stuck. One. Once you get your SAG card and you're doing background work, you can get stuck because you get, you're making good, pretty good money. And so, but you want to come every day, you'll start treating it like just a regular job because you get fed on set, you show up, you film, your, you, you do your little background scene, you be the wallpaper for the scene, because that's what background you are not to be, you know, really seen. And you'll get stuck though, because your check, you get your bills paid, you gotcha. start getting comfortable. That yeah. dreaded word, comfort. Comfort mm. is the enemy of all progression. Comfort will stop you from moving forward. You can't be comfortable moving forward. There, there is no doubt about it. So I let it go. And I did it for one year. That's all the advice I got from everyone I talked to. But I met so many directors. I met other creatives who had the same mindset as me. Like, hey, I'm just here trying to figure out the landscape. I'm getting out of this real soon. I'm like, yo, I'm right with you on that. And before mm. you know it, I just remember um, my one of my most memorable experiences when I did background work was meeting Kerry Washington and Angela Bassett. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I think yeah. you shared that with me. I think you told me about that. Yeah. It blew me away. You know, um, working scandal several years ago, and I wound up standing. They, had, they told me to stand in a place. And it was like, don't move, because that's all background. It's like, you're not supposed to move. Don't talk. Don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing there, and I'm looking around, and that's, you know, I see, you know, a few people parading out. I'm like, well, who's coming down the hallway? Kerry Washington pops out. I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, well, wonder where she's going. Wow. She walks and stops right next to me. I'm like, whoa. I was like, what's going uh, awesome, But she was so sweet. And she just said, hello, how are you doing? I was like, I'm doing well. I was like, I think I'm good. <laughs> and so while we're waiting to shoot the scene, I was just watching her. And she was just really getting herself into full character. I was like, okay, this is how you do it. So, I, you know, you go there to learn. The next, you know, uh, they said, we have director coming out, Angela Bassett. Just walks out because she was directing that episode. Oh my and God. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm looking like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, One, I've always loved her. She's not auntie to me. <laughs> I was like, Angela Bassett, I love your work. I love what a you. beautiful, what a beautiful just, day, man. That this is great. <laughs> it, blew, it blew me away, you know, to see these two icons in the same place. And she was, she was like, "How you doing, Sugar?" I was like, "She called me Sugar." <laughs> I can but, die now. That's it. <laughs> but it was just the love. But I, what I did is, though, I paid close attention to everyone on set. Yeah. And then I remember we took a break from uh, from shooting, and I went outside and stand by the trailers. And this is something that I made a practice every time I walked on the set to do background. I would stop and I would actually start praying and thanking God for my trailer with my name on it, my roles wow. on these that's, sets. That's so I would just stop and do it. And then when I got done praying, I turned around, Joe Morgan's walking out his trailer. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> And I know he heard me, because he came up and he shook my hand and said, you're going to be all right, man. And he just kept walking. I was like, oh, wow. I said, like, I wonder he heard me. <laughs> but the whole thing was the vision. I went there. I did background with an intention. Just like I said, it was a purpose to what I was doing. So I got in there. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to get opportunities. I wanted to develop the right mindset when it comes to working on a network TV film you know, level type set. And that catapulted me before you know it i met an executive uh director on one of the uh, sets she ended up inviting me to go shoot a film an indie mm -hmm. film that was taking place at castaways restaurant in burbank which they should give me some money for even mentioning them right now <laughs> castaways is a good is it a good restaurant it's a good no. restaurant and okay. people, it's high it overlooks all of la great food yeah. I'm just asking you that. I'm just asking you that so I can get some checks from them too. So I can <laughs> hey, when you come out, we go. We go go to Castaways and hang out and have a meet. You know, it's good. I am, I am so ready for that, brother. <laughs> it's great, man. But I remember going to um, to set that day when I was invited to come. She was like, "It's non-paid. We're going to give you, you know, IMDb credit, but we just we didn't have the budget to pay an additional person." I was like, "Man, I'm just glad that you you thought of me." So I got there. I treated it like. I was a principal actor because you have to walk in that before you get it. So I showed up to set and I was like dressed and ready to go. And uh, I had beat production. I beat the crew and everybody there. They was just like, you know, they, they pulled up. It was like, how long you been here? I was like, I got about 30 minutes. I was like, hey, I'm never late for work. Never late. And I, and I was like, on, on time is late. So I'm going to be here ready to go. 
we started doing the, the scene that I was brought in for. Within about 45 minutes, they stopped production. Executive producer came over to me, like, Rodney, how do you feel about having some lines? I was like, I'm an actor. I act. I was like, how do you, okay. yeah, how do you feel? <laughs> I was like, I'm an actor. So I was like, no problem. And they was like, yeah, we're also going to uh, have you sign a contract because we're going to pay you now for this. I was like, you're pay me? Um, I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I have no problem with that. I didn't even care what the role, what I, I had to say a couple words. All I know is that it catapulted me once again because I want to serve somebody else's project with the right intention. Isn't that such an important thing? You know, I tell people all the time that service is such a key component of our lives. And sometimes we act like I got to get something first. Yeah. You know, like for example, with the Creativity Cocktail last year, I decided the Atlanta Black Theater Festival, which I mentioned is, is one of the biggest festivals in the world. I asked the lady like, hey, I want to help you and the festival by having you on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So then she turns around and invites me to come do a live show of the Creativity Cocktail at the festival. Oh, wow. Just because cause I gave her first. I said, what do you need first? Yes. Before I said, this is what I need. Yes. So, I mean, you, you, are, you are right on that. It's all amazing. What are you up to now? Tell us what's going on with you now. What are you up to these days? Oh, okay. Well, Besides uh, RDC Speak Live Sessions, which is amazing. <laughs> what's going on? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say real quick, uh, in the past four and a half years, I've watched my resume grow from just one film credit with moving here to over 28. As a principal or supporting actor uh, on several projects, I've been on uh, network TV. Uh, I'm on an Amazon TV show that's still streaming now called Chosen Kin Origins. It was created by Chosen Kin. Chosen K I N. Yes, Chosen Kin Origins, and my character is right. Dr. Watson. So, uh, but it's a superhero show. So that show was on mm -hmm. Amazon, still streaming, and um, you know I love. You know I love superheroes. That, you know, well, my my one of my most popular play is was called Super Loser because it was all about a guy you know dealing with stuff at a convention. Well, it's you never know. Game. We we gonna be working together soon, so we need exactly. to. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's, the might not be done with the superheroes. That's right. The, align <laughs> the alignment keeps going, brother. Yeah. So tell tell us tell us more about that show and everything else you got. Well, yeah. After that, and then, but I've actually won two awards as an actor. Um, uh, in a couple projects last year in film festivals, so now I'm an award-winning actor. So I'm oh, very wow. great. Tell us about tell us about the awards. Don't 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 go cross over that. Tell us some awards. What was those? Well, my friend, once again, uh, a connection, a friend of mine. She was filming a project that she created called the Carding Call, and she was like, Rodney, I got a role for you. She didn't have money to pay, and but this was about once again we come together to help each other win. Yes. You know, you see the big picture. And so I was like, you know what? You know, that's my girl. I know she works hard. So I'm going to go ahead and support the project. You ain't got to pay me. And we went on. I filmed my scene, which was great. I was allowed to improv my complete oh. character. Improv you know, is awesome. Improv yeah, is I, awesome. I love that when they tell you, this is what the character is. Now you, now you show us who the character is. Now you show it. I was like, I got you. So I painted the picture. And... It was submitted to film festivals. It ended up winning Best Acting Ensemble, Best Actors uh, for several film festivals. I think in the, the film ended up winning like six awards so far, and it's still in festivals. Wow. So, 
That's so awesome. I'm very grateful for that. And I actually was in a play last year entitled Neighbors that ran uh, for eight, eight days in Hollywood at the Stellar Ooh. Adler Theater, mm -hmm. which is at the heart of Hollywood. It's on Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Road yeah, Road. yeah. I'm familiar. Yes, yes. yes. Wow, that's amazing, so, man. And it was amazing because the, the, the number of influential people who were in the audience when we did the play, it blew me away. Um, I, you know, I went out there, we did the play. It was incredible. The NAACP checked out the play, looked at it for possibly nominated for an image award. It was amazing. Just in the incredible writer, Cassandra, she is so amazing, man. Um, I got to make sure it's Cassandra Saunders. She is so incredible. She's a great writer out here. She's so connected. And once again, that came from, I met uh, Cassandra about a year and a half before she offered me a role. And she, had, she was writing a play. And Oba Babatundi uh, was one of her friends and he helped oversee our table reads. So, yeah. it, you know, and then John Tolls Bay directed the play. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, yes. while, while we're talking about people, um, we mentioned it on your um, podcast, but we want to give her a shout out again, Miss Natalie Fikes. Yes. who is a, an unbelievable inspiration to so many people in the world. Um, I, that thing I was just telling you about the Atlanta Black Theater Festival, and uh, they invited me over to that. Yes. That's when I met Natalie. Wow. And I, I, I met her that day, and she was doing things there, helping to host certain things. You know, this world is too short um, for us to not, when we meet people of, 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 of social influence yes. and of social authenticity, that we don't spend, we should all spend a few moments with them and say, hey, how can I help you? How can I get to know you? Like, really get to know you. Yes. You know, people always will come, and maybe this is my New York nature. One time someone came to me and said, well, what do you do? And then I said, well, let me tell you a little about who I am. Mm. And they didn't like that exactly. <laughs> but I was just like, this is who I am. Because I want to know who you are. Yes. I don't want to know your job. I don't know on your job. We'll figure that out later. I just want to know who you are. And a lot of times when people tell you that, they'll tell you who they really are. What's mm. that passion? And I've heard that on your podcast. A lot of discussion about passion and purpose and how those things all align. Yeah. So tell us your thoughts about those things because I tell you, they, they, they are where the, this world is at today. Well, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. And that is, that's the birth of my podcast, which is RDC Speak Life Sessions on Apple. And I think it's on five platforms now. And now we're in six countries. So I'm very grateful that people are just responding to it. I started it a few months ago, early March, really to encourage people. I didn't know COVID was going to explode to the point that it is now. I just knew that <clears throat> my story, like, about my life, I could use that to help encourage people. But also, I just, I just knew people wanted a platform where they could share what's going on with them and talk about how to really move forward in whatever they want to accomplish in life. And I wanted to give them that platform. So that's what birthed my podcast. And, wow. you know, and I use that because my story is one where <clears throat> I worked for years out of my purpose because it was, you know, paying the bills. And that's, you know, you, you do need to be able to pay your bills, but it was also taking my life. <laughs> you know, I tell you this, yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. Yes. This, this, this life is too short these days. Yeah. Right. Every if if coronavirus hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that life is too short. Definitely. You know this 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 floating demon, and I think I actually had a line of that in one of my most recent works. This floating demon. I had a hope, and I was naive about this, Rodney, that this floating demon would bring us together. Mm. That people would realize that hey, don't give a rats about who I am and where I come from. I yeah. can it can transmit to me and to you the same way. You know, the coronavirus is not sitting there figuring out whether I'm black or white or from LA, from Atlanta. <laughs> it ain't doing none of that. It don't <laughs> care. It don't care. It's just floating. And and I'm hoping and I think that the challenges we're going through today is our resistance to what it's trying to teach us. Yeah. You know, this this real angst about that. So tell me, um, tell the audience. The creativity cocktail people are people who are all creatives, just like you and I, and they're trying to find their way. Tell them a little bit about how you feel about this, about how we as creatives today, how we can really help to change our environment and help to bring ourselves together. Mm, okay, that's a powerful question. Um, one thing you got to do is you got to know who you are, and you talked about that. You got to... Um, Natalie, she asked me a good question. She was like, in 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? And I was able to answer that question because I know who I am now. And I think that's so critical. There's a lot of people, who creatives, who step out and just don't know exactly who they are first. So knowing your identity, knowing how your makeup is, what do you like, what's, what gives you passion about life? Those are the things that make up who you are. So you got to know that first and foremost. Um, secondly, you have to have a heart to serve. <clears throat> An actor or director, our job is to serve the project and serve the audience that's going to view the project. Whether it's to make the audience cry, whether it's to make the audience think, laugh, yeah. whatever it's to do to the audience, you gotta keep that at the forefront of your mind that I am here to serve the project. The name of the uh, play or movie, TV show, whatever it is, that takes precedence over me mm. because without that project, I don't have a platform. So yeah. you got to have a mindset to serve that. No devos and no divas. Get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants to be around that. It's, That's right. What was, what was the coin, the term that we made in the last one? Diva-ness? Diva-ness. <laughs> nobody wants it. Nobody wants to deal with that. Uh, you, and then you, so I, I covered that. I was like, you got to know who you are. You got to be a servant. You got to have a passion too. When people ask me about, you know, being an actor, because I get a lot of messages now, which I'm sure you get messages about, hey, I want to be a playwright. I want to do this. And when people ask, I want to be an actor, I was like, first thing I was telling them is, why do you want to be, be an actor? Um, Don Cheadle once said, <clears throat> if you want to be famous, then don't act. <laughs> he basically said, you can get famous doing anything. <laughs> so, <being> a, <laughs> that sounds like actor, something he would say. <laughs> that sounds like something he'd say. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't do it for to be famous because that's right. That's not the end. That's not the end game. Um, if you ask most of the extremely famous people in the world, would they trade that fame for some privacy in their life to be able to go to the grocery store to be able to go to a mall? They would trade that in an instant. I think. Michael B. Jordan uh, last year has said his Postmates bill on average monthly was like twenty five hundred to three thousand a month. <laughs> He's getting everything delivered. Like, you can't, you can't leave. You can't leave the house. Can't leave the house. It's like 
is, is you know, your bank account is swole, but you're a prisoner of your own success. So I'm not saying I wouldn't want a nice bank account. We all want a nice bank account. But we also have to remember that where that, we, that level of notoriety comes, there's a level of responsibility. Yeah. So remembering the people who helped you get to where you're going. I've always said there will never be a day where I tell somebody I won't take a picture with you. And it, it blessed me because I'm in these projects called Darman, Darman Films, which mm -hmm. has been, been viewed, I think, like 8 billion times. And several, several of the films that I played the lead in, the short films, uh, one of them was viewed like almost 300 million times. So, whoa! Yeah, so you're talking about the entire country pretty much, or the, there's, I, there's people the size. all over the world. Wow. Yeah, I was just saying, the size of the country. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wow. You can't get one TV show that has 300 million viewers. <laughs> so, no. So that's the power of the internet. But by being on that, I was walking into a 7-Eleven. And this was earlier this year. It made me feel really good. I walked in, and the guy was checking out. He turns, he looks back, does another tape. He runs over to me. He's like, yo, you're in those Darman videos, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, but man, my mom, we man, we love your work. We love the stories that y'all tell. Everything. He was just so excited. He's like, I got call my mom. I was like, What? Really? You know, it just blew me away because I was just incredibly like blown, like just overwhelmed that somebody would see that and feel like that just because you saw me. I was like, it, it just it blessed me. So he was like, I need to get a picture with you. I was like, You know what? I need to take a picture with you because this is something I'm going to cherish. I was like, you made my day by recognizing my work and letting me know what it does for you. I was like, man, that's the biggest thing you can ever tell an actor is the impact of their roles and what they do. I was like, took the picture, was just so happy with him, but it just blew me away the fact that this little short that I was doing impacted so many people. Yeah, so, you never know, man. You never know like when you do work, creative work, the ripple, like when we created the organization as part of this podcast, it's called Rising Tide Charity. Yes. Because we we believe that a rising tide lifts all boats, and that when we're doing stuff to help other people, I can't get to a journey unless I'm helping someone else get to that journey. Mm -hmm. And so that story you just shared, we you influenced that person in the Seven Eleven. You had a you had a, it, it sounded you, you you know you could say it's a small impact impact, but it's not. It's a profound impact you had on that person. You never know. Like the little things that we're subject to and we're used to, how they how they interact and how they change our lives. Yes. We are the product of everything that's happened before us. We're living in the present moment, but everything that's happened before us is creating who we are right now. Yes. <laughs> and I think you're laughing because you sound, because I'm sure you make it, Maybe I'm sounding like what you would say, <laughs> but it's like we're like saying, but we are the present moment, and every little thing that we do is in a creator. You never know, like how many people you just mentioned. Three hundred million people have seen you on some level. Yeah. I am sure that the first time I saw you, I was like, I know him. <laughs> when when Natalie sent the thing over back and forth, I'm I'm telling you in my mind, I was like, I know him. I've seen him before. <laughs> you have had that influence on so many people. You don't even know, man. You don't even know. I feel the same way about writing and the public speaking and that I do and all that. I, I never know who's in the audience. Yes. But somebody who needs you. 
That's somebody's right. coming. They need they need you to bring the play I was in last year. I had to play a very controversial character. Um, <clears throat> completely different than my beliefs, uh, especially politically. Mm. After the play, I had a number of people walking up to me telling me they wanted to fight me during the play. I was like, yes, I did my thing. That is awesome. That is awesome. I, I, I listened to a, a Zoom reading where someone was doing a play that was very controversial. And there were some people, I think, that had some really intense opinions about it after when yeah. it was over. My comment was, you know, because they allowed you to speak it. I was like, what I just witnessed there was art. And the actors broke down because they were, I think they were scared about what the response of the audience would be to their work. But what they did was art. Yeah. And what you did, that is probably harder than doing something that's pretty simple to do. Doing something that was a little bit more, you know, outside of your boundaries is... It's pretty cool. That's kind of the cool thing I love about creative creativity. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way, yeah. but like you get to challenge yourself, man. You get to like, you get to like challenge yourself in ways you don't even know. I I, I put a post somewhere that creativity unleashes our capacity. You know, it it just does. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I, this is a question. I, I, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No uh, by the way, I really do. And all of those who are out there, please make sure that you subscribe to the Creativity Cocktail. You know, give us a comment. We are on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Facebook, obviously here on IG, YouTube, and VMO, all of these different places. My question to you, Rodney, is uh, a question that I want you to think about it for a moment. And this might be an opportunity to go back and do a little improv. Okay. Is that is is it's not you and I? We're not having a conversation. It's you and somebody who's come to you and says, "Hey, Rodney, I was creative, or I want to be creative, but I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't know what the first thing I should do." And you turn to that person, and you're going to give them some guidance. <clears throat> what would that guidance be to that person? First thing I tell anyone is that, what did Nike say? Just do it, baby. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you have, whatever part of the country, part of the world you reside in, if you want to be an act, actor, an actor, a thespian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, need, you need to find those platforms that offer those opportunities. You can't wait until you move to a bigger market and oh. say, okay, now I'm going to do it. Oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, wherever you live, find a way to get involved. Zero excuses. I don't allow excuses. Nobody wants to hear them. Yeah, <laughs> Either you go be cares? about it or you yeah. move. So, so I, that's, why, that's the first thing I would tell them is just do it. Find a platform in your area, wherever you live, because you got to make sure you love this. Because <clears throat> it's a lot of work. I love acting. I love stepping into the life of a character that somebody I may never become, but to step in that character's life for two hours, three hours, whatever. I love it. It's an escape for me. So you got to really have a passion about that and about storytelling. And you can't be, you can't be like, well, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. Because fear will keep you from doing so many things in this life. Yeah. <laughs> Last night I checked. I was like, I'm not afraid to do nothing. My wife will tell everybody, my husband's crazy. He just does <laughs> But I, I, I'm just like, man, 
I've seen too many people. I have a saying. My mantra is leave on E. I want to leave this world completely empty of every God-given gift I have. And I'm not making the cemetery rich by the dreams, the desires that God has given me to do. Too many people put, they, uh, put a hold on whatever they want to do because they're waiting for the perfect time. Waiting for the stars to align themselves, right? Yeah, ain't aligning. And you align the stars, yes. <laughs> I got friends I know I'm talking to now who be like, man, I'm, I'm ready to make the move, but I'm still a little like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of concerned about cost of living in LA. I'm like, listen, man, cost of living in LA just makes you work. It makes you get up and get off your butt. <laughs> so if you, if you, you know, if you're not lazy, you're gonna survive in LA. That's right. You know, I was like, you can't let that stuff scare you. And you don't let somebody else's failure impact you, uh-huh. you know? If somebody quit, that's on them, that ain't you. So you don't look at somebody else's life and be like, well, they try and they stop. Okay, that's fine, that's them. Get rid of the word try. That's another thing I tell everybody. There's no trying. Either you do or do not do. And I'm quoting my old boy Yoda from Star Wars. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. And he, he was talking to Luke. And he was talking about, you know, his, his path, his destiny. And he just corrected him. He said, there's no try. There's only, there's either do or do not do. That is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you, if you're trying this, find something else to do. This is That's not, right. this is a true profession. It is a profession. You have to work at your craft. You have to study. You have to read. You have to practice. If you don't have a, if you don't have a, a role or a current project you're working on, you better have yourself on camera practicing at home, reading scripts, running lines. That's how you get better as an actor. I'm not saying the whole lot. No, no, that was phenomenal. I tell you, um, acting is one of the oldest professions that exist in this world. And sometimes, you know. Man, I don't know, but it might be older officially than writing, technically, because people didn't write. You know, they carved maybe 10,000 years ago, they carved (laughs) on walls. But, you know, did they write per se? I don't know, they told stories, that's for sure. So whether they were groups in Africa or Europe or wherever they were, there was actors always, (laughs) it seems to me. There was always actors. You are so phenomenal, brother. It's been so great to have you. For those of you who will listen to us today and those of you who will listen to us in the future, we are glad that you have joined us for part two of an ongoing conversation we're going to have as time goes on with Mr. Rodney Damon Collins. You know, and I say that because me and you, brother, we working together. There, there ain't no doubt it's right. going to happen. Right. Um, and so the audience has got to get prepared for part three, four, five, and six. Just got to get ready for that. That's, it's, it's on them, so we, uh, I know that there's going to be some great people who are going to follow us on this journey. And for all of you, those of you who are out there, create something now. This moment of time that we are in, regardless of the, the, how you're feeling about what's going on and who you're feeling it about, let that go. Create something, whether it's a paint piece of artwork, one brush stroke at a time, whether it's an app where you got to type some code, whether it's a great play where you got to write some lines, whether it's in a, you know, a play where you need to run your, your lines, just do it, man. Just do it. And don't be fearful. Fear is more powerful than a virus. Fear is the most de- debilitating thing that exists in our world. 
And God didn't create you. You see, I use the word create. Didn't create you for not to create. <laughs> so, so you create it, you consume it, you create, you consume it, and you create a cycle of dopeness. Yes. You just do. So, brother, thanks again. Thank you for being part of this. I'm so honored for you to join the Creativity Cocktail. Um, last word. So, last word to you that you want to share with the audience. So, we've got an audience who we hope that um, will listen to every word that you said and say, hey, here's some snippets of what Rodney says or said that I really want to get down with. But you are leaving the audience with something. So what is, the, what is those last words you want to leave with the audience? Well, I got two things I want to address. One is um, The Central Authority is a film I, I just finished uh, wrapping. We filmed oh. it. It was a um, quarantine film where we all filmed scenes from our home and actors from all over the world are involved in that film. The That's awesome. And it was actually one of the first films that actually started filming during quarantine back in April. So That's great. I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, it'll be coming out shortly. I, I play a very comedic character. We were all allowed to improv, which was amazing. It was so, it was so much fun. Um, another thing I want to leave people with is be present. Be present. Each and every moment of life is a gift. So, you know, we can't get caught up in what happened yesterday. It's gone, it's over with. We can't get caught up in what's gonna happen tomorrow because I don't know what tomorrow looks like. But right now I have a present moment where I can decide <clears throat> what I wanna do with my life. And I need to take advantage of it. The more present you are, the more profitable you will be in the future. Mm. That's awesome, brother. I'm gonna listen to that several times in my back on self. That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody that's out there, we love you all. You are the human race. Please take care of yourself. Wear your mask. Socially distanced, but still love each other and create something. So thanks again, brother. Take care. All right. We'll talk soon. Love you. All right. Peace. All right. We thank you for joining us today. Remember, God has given you the ability to create abundance and beauty in this world. Every moment is perfect and you are perfect. Join us on the Creative Circle on Facebook and our Creatives community via our website to receive exclusive productivity and creativity content. We are on all social media platforms uh, as the Rising Tides charity. And we hope that you will share with us a bit about who you are and what you're going through. Again, thank you for joining us today on the Creativity Cocktail powered by Rising Tides Charity.